0: Welcome to Living For Him Podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart. Subscribe for future episodes and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. God, right now, as we come to you in prayer, we want today only one name to be remembered. Not the name of the speaker, not the name of anyone that participated in the service today, but only Jesus. He's who we want to see. He's who we want to respond to today. So God, right now, through the Holy Spirit, speak to us. Stir our hearts, convict us, draw us to him in grace, and transform our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You want to have your Bibles right now uh, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I don't know if we have that slide, do we? Yes, no? Oh, there we go. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Romans chapter 12. It's up there on the screen for you as well if you want to refer to it. But it's been very interesting uh, coming out of this sabbatical that I've been on for the past seven weeks, every seven years. I'm so grateful that our conference and organization, our church, gives pastors that opportunity to have that break, that respite with their families to just kind of recharge. And so I've had that experience. But during this, coming out of it, it's been very interesting to watch some of the conversations surrounding the Olympic athlete, Simone Biles. Very interesting. I don't know how many of you have been keeping up with that story, but basically she is uh, declared to be, and I believe this is true, the greatest gymnast of all time. She has over 30, no, I think it's 32, or over 32 uh, combined medals, uh, the world championship medals and Olympic medals, very accomplished athlete, And she's been getting a lot of attention because of a decision she recently made in the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. She decided to withdraw from some of the competitions. And so she's been getting a lot of heat from some, and she's been also getting a lot of praise from others. She's been now elevating and and stirring the conversation about mental health, and not just mental health in general, but mental health particularly in the Olympic Games. And here's kind of what happened. She discovered that her aunt had passed. She was grieving. She also was experiencing a condition called the twisties, which basically is that when you're kind of there and doing those twisting routines that you often see them doing, you kind of lose your air awareness, they call it. It can be very dangerous. She was feeling, combined with all of that, the enormous pressure that none of us can probably relate to, of being an athlete of that caliber, elite status, you know, and all that's riding on that in the midst of grieving and all the other stuff she's been going through, feeling that pressure. And then on top of that, she was concerned for her safety, and she also didn't want to risk what could happen to her team. They could lose their team medal. And so she decided to do what all of us probably need to do from time to time. She decided to pull back. She decided to not make it about herself, but to pull back, even though she garnered a lot of criticism, people calling her a quitter. But instead, she, she shaped that narrative by saying, you know what, I'm going to take care of my mental health. I'm going to look about my, my well-being. I don't want to jeopardize the team. And, and so I'm going to go ahead and take some time for myself so that I can be better positioned to be in a better place to go back and re-enter the competition, which she did and got a silver medal, though it wasn't a gold medal, which is what she's used to getting. But she's actually very proud, she says, about that silver medal because of the decision that she made. And so it's with this story of Simone Biles in mind that we now dive into Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number one. Paul has just gotten through going through 11 chapters of giving his fullest explanation of the gospel of Jesus Messiah. And he does this because he's trying to unite the church in Rome, both Jew and Gentile alike, as one in Christ, for a greater witness to the onlooking, unbelieving world around them, and also to set up a, a, his desire to do a mission trip to Spain. Now, as this letter is being read to the church that's probably gathered in a house there in Rome, it's being, it was carried and it was shared often what they what they would do when they brought these letters to the churches they would actually read the letter but not just read the letter often they would explain the letter history says and also kind of preach the letter and this letter was sent and explained and preached by a woman named Phoebe you'll see her at the end of the letter in, in Romans chapter 16 Paul kind of gives her a shout out right And so you can see them now after hearing all of this good news about the great mercy of God being lavished upon us all sinful human beings and and the gift of righteousness by faith through Jesus Christ alone, through his grace alone. You can see them now with gratitude swelling up in their heart, love for Jesus, their king and master, rising up inside of their hearts, right? You can see the praise team probably now getting together if they had whatever they had there to kind of honor the Lord Jesus Christ and their thank you God. God, for your great mercy. And now, as they now are receiving the the full weight of this good news they've received, you you could expect some of them to want to now give themselves all in totally to Jesus Christ, right? Give themselves completely over to him in service and worship. Give their lives completely over to Jesus Christ. But wait a minute. Maybe that's been your experience as well, right? You got real excited when you got baptized. You got real excited when you did that Bible study. You got real excited when you heard about the grace of God and Jesus Christ. And and now you too maybe wanted to just go ahead and give yourself completely over to Jesus. Absolutely. It makes sense to want to do that. But could it be that sometimes we need to pump the brakes a little bit? Could it be that sometimes we can go so all in that we can do it in an imbalanced, unhealthy way? Way. Could it be that we can sometimes find ourselves in the same type of situation that Simone Biles was in? Hey, I need to pull aside just for a little bit. And I need to focus on some, some self-care. So here's my question today. In light of the great mercy that God has given and he has through Jesus Christ on all of us, how do we best position ourselves to be given completely over to God in worship. I believe the Holy Spirit through Paul in the letter to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 1, is going to help us strike this balance today. So with God's help in your prayers, let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what God has to say today, all right? Here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, are you hearing that? To present your what? Come on, say it nice and loud for me. To present your your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. For some of you reading from the New King James, this is what I was raised listening, uh, reading this verse on. Yeah, your your reasonable service or worship. It's reasonable. It just makes sense, right? You give yourself over to the Lord in response to his mercy. Now, you can hear Paul. He's urging the church. He, did you hear that? In light of the mercies of God, the abundance of God's grace given in Christ. He's begging us as the church. He's pleading. He's appealing to you, right? That you give your body over to Jesus as a what? As a living sacrifice. Now, those of you that are familiar with scripture, particularly the Old Testament story, you know, you may have picked this up, this is is sacrificial sanctuary service language. Is it not? This is the language of the animal sacrifices, right? They had to be presented without blemish, right? Holy, set apart, acceptable to the Lord ceremonially, right? And they were given themselves completely over. Not kind of, they were the animals kind of used for this, but the idea was that they were given as our atoning sacrifice, given over completely in death. And so so I'm a little bit uncomfortable with this, and maybe you are too, because this typically... These sacrifices, we should all shout and get excited because all of that typically is focusing us on who. The sacrifice and the atonement of Jesus. So, so Paul applying this to me feels uncomfortable for me, and it should for you, right? But watch this. Paul here is not applying us being a sacrifice given over to God in the in terms of death and atonement. He's not using that in terms of atonement for sin. No, he's saying paradoxically, you're being called to be a living sacrifice, given over to God completely. A living sacrifice that's set apart, holy and acceptable to God. And some of us hear this now and again, we go, oh, let's, alright, God has been so good to me, he's preserved me, he's secured my salvation, yes, I want to give myself all in to God, and we go all the way, right? But again, sometimes we need to just pump our brakes for a second and really listen to what God is really saying holistically. Because what did he say we needed to give over to God? Our what needs to be given to God? Bodies. So it begs the question again, how do we best position ourselves to give ourselves over to the Lord Jesus in worship? And I want to suggest to you, more than suggest to you, I really want to believe the Scriptures is telling us that if we're going to do that first, we need to care for our bodies. We're going to give ourselves completely over to Jesus. We need to best position ourselves to do that by caring for the body that he's given us. One of the things that I've struggled with the most in my marriage is actually, now some of the, some of the, the spouses in here are probably going to nod and smile. Again, keep your face just right here with me. We're just having a conversation. I got me and you. But I've struggled with taking care of the vehicle and its maintenance needs. Now, in our marriage, Deidre and I, in our biblically egalitarian marriage, we, we both came together and decided together that I would go ahead and take care of our van, and sometimes in the past it was our car. I'm going to take care of the vehicles. I'm going to go make sure it gets the, the car is washed. I'm going to make sure the oil is changed, have mercy. And whenever there's an issue of maintenance, I'm going to go get it serviced at the mechanic. Anybody, anybody resonating with this? Okay, and my wife and her eternal mercy, thank you, DJ, if you're watching, yes, my wife in her eternal uh, patience, rather, would often come to me, Mark, and she would say, um, you know, baby, you haven't taken care of, you know, the oil really needs to, you know, the car is kind of dirty, can you go ahead and take care of that uh, for me? And and she would do this over and over, just patiently, just do it, until eventually she would just come to me and say, hey, you know what, CJ, I'm just going to go ahead and handle that bad boy myself, which he's more than capable of doing. But I felt horrible because I'm saying to myself, wait, but we agreed that I would go ahead and do this, and I feel like I'm letting her down, and it had to get to this point that she had to actually come to me and say, you know what, I'll just go ahead and handle this thing myself. Now watch this. This is what some of us do to the neglect of our own bodies. Am I right? Right? Sometimes we don't take care of the thing that God has purchased, the thing that God says is his. We don't, t- or some of us fall into the trap of taking more care of our vehicle's bodies than our own bodies. The temptation to fall into that idolatry, amen. <laughs> and so here's what Paul is saying now. It's coming out in, if you want to go there, you can, in First Corinthians chapter uh, six, verse nineteen. First Corinthians chapter six, and verse nineteen. This principle is coming out here as Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece. And in verse 19 of chapter 6, he says, Or do you not know that your body is the what? Temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, he says. He says, don't you understand now in the original context here that he's writing this, He's talking about not giving your bodies over for sexual immorality. Yeah, check, we're not supposed to do that. But, but, but the principle is still here that your body is, the, is the, it's like the Old Testament temple and sanctuary. It's the place where, the, where God the Holy Spirit resides. And therefore your body, are you ready for this, does not belong to you to just do with it whatever you want to do with it. As a matter of fact, not, you, you, you can't just do whatever you want with your body because it doesn't belong to you anyway. It belongs to him. And therefore, he can kind of instruct, he can kind of tell you what needs to be done to take care of your body because guess what? It belongs to him, right? You can have somebody else tell you how to take care of your car. They can offer advice, maybe suggestions, but you can go ahead and decide how you're going to do that yourself, right? Or your cell phone or whatever so it belongs to god you're stewarding his body and in a very real sense he dwells inside of what he owns so how do we best do this well i believe there's some practices that we can kind of maybe revive some of you (laughs) and for others of you you may want to go ahead and start this afresh and that is one of some of the things that we need to do is just do things that we already know right we need regular exercise. I'm not a doctor here, but I just think that some of these things we should all know is just good, healthy practices for us to have, right? We need regular exercise. We need fresh air, right? We need, we need to, to get, and it's recommended, eight hours of sleep each night. And I think that naps are very spiritual. Amen. I don't know why we stopped that when we were back in grace. I don't know why we stopped that. Like, that's very spiritual. Naps. I, I take a 30-minute nap. You know, 20 to 30 minutes every day. Amen. A to the men. Um, but, but, but also, we, we, we recommend eight glasses of water, 64 ounces. And that, that fluctuates depending on what your body makeup is like. But that's the, that's the basic recommendation. Are you following this? We need healthy boundaries set around our time and relationships. And we need to also guard our hearts from things that are sinful that may occupy our minds and replace them with things that are actually positive and fulfilling. Am I right? Ouch, if you can't say amen. Okay. But but these are just some good practices that we actually need if we're going to maintain our bodies in a good way, if we're going to apply some spiritual self-care. Something else I wanted to go ahead and mention to you is that we also need... Not only boundaries, but we also need to embrace, watch this, the gift of limits. Ouch, for me, okay? The gift of limits, recognizing that we're not machines. Somebody here needs to hear that. We're not machines, especially in our 21st century American Western culture. We're not machines. Our bodies need a healthy diet. Fresh air, I talked about that. Regular doctor checkups. Hello? Especially some of us guys, right? And look, I'm just going to be honest and put myself and my culture on the spot. As Caribbean men, we struggle with this. We're dying. That's when we're going to go to the doctor, right? Regular doctor checkups, okay? And time to play is healthy for your body. We also desperately need the rhythms of hobbies that we enjoy. When was the last time you just went out and, I don't know, you like fishing, you like RC control, whatever. Something you just enjoy doing right on the side, okay? We need, of course, now I'm, I'm talking to Seventh-day Adventists here, but sometimes we need to be re- reintroduced to the gifts that God's given us, okay? We need to embrace the weekly 24-hour experience of the Seventh-day Sabbath rest and vacations from work that are planned way out in advance, I know I'm blessing somebody today. We need to do this, right? We need to do this. And there's other things that we we can plan and do, and some things maybe are popping up in your mind right now. The idea, the point here is, we need to do it and prioritize doing it. It might be one of the most spiritual things that you do. But but here's something that also comes out of our text today in, in Romans chapter 12, and that is, Paul understands that there is a major obstacle to us taking care of our physical bodies. As a matter of fact, this obstacle is actually based on something that actually directs what we do with our bodies. Come with me now to verse number two. Verse number two, because guess what? If this thing is not in place, then guess what? You you may not have the motivation, the consistency to go ahead and do anything good for your body when it comes to maintaining good self Care. So watch this, verse 2. Paul continues, And do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your, your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Prove it to yourself and to others. Paul understands That if we don't have a healthy, renewed, what? Mind, then that's not gonna trickle down into how we take care of our our bodies. We need to renew our minds. This is huge right now. We're living in a time in this pandemic crisis of huge mental health crisis. And so coming out of this text here is the call that if we want to best position ourselves to give ourselves completely over to Jesus in worship and service, then we need to what? Renew our minds. This is very much like when you get a software download on your smartphone, your dumb phone, your cell phone, (laughs) right? Okay. Because when you do that, what? it, 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 It fixes bugs. Right? In the phone. When you do that, you get new features. Am I right? And, 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 and then, now, what happens when you do that is it, uh, it unlocks the fullest potential of the physical phone. Am I right? Okay. Well, well, some of us have some worldly bugs swimming up here. That actually doesn't just need to be fixed, needs to be removed. And, and, and so what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants to download some new features in your mind so that your physical body can reach its fullest, what? Potential. And this can only happen when we position ourselves to allow our minds to be completely renewed. Again, to the, to the church there in Corinth. Paul writes his second letter to them and he gives us the secret of how we can renew our minds and some of you guys probably have this memorized but I'll just go ahead and recite it here for you this is this is by the way 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 and he says here but we all with unveiled faces looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and being—there's that word again—transformed. He said that in Romans 12, right? Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by or from the Lord, the Spirit, or by the Spirit of the Lord. You need to renew your mind. Paul is saying by first focusing your eyes, your attention, your mind— on the glory of the Lord. That's really lofty language, really biblical language, Pastor C. What does that mean practically? Well, here's what it means. You're going to see in that verse, or you would have seen in that verse, the word glory and the word image. These are synonymous, watch this, for character. So, so how do you fix your eyes on the glory of the Lord? How do you look at the glory of the Lord? Well, it happens primarily through scripture, as you see, please, oh, the love of God revealed, his character of love revealed through Scripture, primarily through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus on full display. And as you fix your mind on that beautiful image of glory that's coming out through the Scripture, coming out through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, guess what? The Holy Spirit daily starts to get inside your mind and do the supernatural work of renewing your mind, creating new neurological pathways. In your brain. They can actually study this stuff scientifically now. New pathways in your brain. You can change. The word therefore transformed is is where we get the word in, in the original language, already get the word metamorphosis. To morph. Some of you might I might be dating myself, Power Rangers. It's morphing time. Okay. You're called to morph. Be transformed as a response to the gospel, first by the renewing of your mind, by watch this, guys, some practices that we know that best position us for this, because we know it's the work of the Holy Spirit, Amen. It's not our work. But here's what the, the Holy Spirit invites us to position ourselves in a place where he can do the best and the most work. And this comes by some practices. I call them relational rhythms, relational rhythms. And here's the first main one, reading Scripture. And, I, and I'm quick to say this, by the way, reading scripture with Jesus as the focus. It's a big difference between just reading scripture and reading scripture with Jesus as the focus. Just look at John. I have time to go there. John 539. Go read that. Jesus says that himself. OK, so reading scripture with Jesus is the focus. But then I would highly encourage meditation on scripture, preferably in silent solitude. Go take a walk out in nature. It's room for the Holy Spirit to work. In our fast-paced society, we don't give ourselves time to let the word breathe and let it speak and let the images and, and, and everything that God's trying to say, let it sit and rest and let him speak, like hear his voice through the text. I highly recommend journaling after your experience. What did you see? What did you hear? Write it down. It's good to get in the daily habit of confessing and forsaking or turning from sin. That blocks your relationship with God. It actually affects you mentally and psychologically. Did you know that? Confess, repent, and then please don't leave it there wallowing in shame. No, go to the cross and receive by faith the forgiveness and grace that God has given you through Jesus Christ. And then after you do that, then you say, Holy Spirit, now fill me today afresh with a fresh anointing so that I can walk in the way of Jesus. Then there's some other things that we need to do. And again, I'm not saying anything super smart or brilliant here. These are things that many of us know we need to do to to have good mental health. You guys ready for this? Here it is. Here's some of the things that you need to do, right? We know we need to guard the avenues of our minds. You follow? Guard the avenue of our minds from things toxic and negative, things sinful that keep us bound and keep us from God and from flourishing as human beings, right? We know we need to do that. We also need to, in terms of, pursue spiritual, fulfilling things. The Holy Spirit renews our minds, right? He transforms us also from things such as, you ready for this? Laughter. We need to laugh. Some of us are really tight. I know, because I've interacted with you, and I love you, and I pray for you. But we need to laugh. It could be one of the most spiritual things that you do, okay? You need to have a really good gut-level laugh sometimes, all right? But th- there are some other things that we need to do. We need to reduce clutter in our space. Often, a very cluttered space reveals a very cluttered mind. I'm guilty. So organize some stuff, and you'll see how that affects your mental health. Reduce the use of social media. Ouch, right? But, but, but the facts are the facts. It, it's affecting our mental health, okay? Reduce the use of social media. Get therapy. Lord God, have mercy. It's okay. Get therapy. God works through therapy. Resist, resist a negative attitude of complaining and replace it with gratitude, okay? This also affects our mental health. Avoid conspiracy theories. Avoid conspiracy theories. I almost wanna preach right there. And just an overall trust in God. An overall trust in God. You see, when your mind is renewed in this way, you can maintain the motivation you have the better ability to take care of your body. Because the idea here, family, is this. You want to position yourself to give yourself completely over to God in worship, right? But watch this. What does that look like? Because when we hear worship, we immediately think churchy things, like in this building. Awesome experience. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, everybody, right? But, but, but worship biblically is your life. And more specifically, here's how worship is defined. Love God, love people. That's actually worship, you know. That's actually where Paul is going in the rest of the letter in, in chapter 12. Love God, love people. That's worship, biblically. You can do all this and still not worship. How well do you love people? That's actually the test of your worship. And actually, your loyalty, which is also what worship is getting at, your loyalty to Christ is revealed in how you treat people. Or I could say it this way, I'll maybe sting a little bit more, and that's okay. How you treat people actually is an indication of how you feel about God. How you treat someone shaped in the image of God. That's worship! That's why service to God has a lot to do with how you treat people. So, Jesus talks about this, I don't have time to go there. Go to Matthew 22 and you get a chance, right? He talks about the greatest commandment. He's basically saying, love God, live by your heart, mind, and soul, right? The Shema, Jews know this and your neighbor as yourself. But watch this. You have to have a healthy self in order to love God and people. Did you hear that? You have to have a a healthy sense of self-care in order to even be able to pour into other people. And so why do we do this? Well, because your body was purchased by the expensive blood and body of Jesus. At Calvary, when Jesus poured out his his forgiveness and his grace and secured your salvation for eternity, he redeemed you. Wrapped up in that is that he bought you back. You don't belong to the devil, you belong to Jesus. And so, therefore, out of gratitude, you should want to take care of the body that he's purchased, the mind that he's purchased, so that you can love God. It's not selfish. Because the orientation is, this is why I call it spiritual self-care. The orientation is your whole well-being is spiritual. But also you're doing that, you're being healthy yourself for the sake of loving God and loving others. It's other-centered in its orientation. Who wants to respond to God's word today? By standing and saying, Jesus, I want to take care of the body you purchased with your own blood, who wants to stand and say, I want to in, engage in some spiritual self-care. Amen. Now, someone else is standing because they say, now, I, I, I've i been in the church, I've been in religious circles before, but I've never really heard Jesus with the gospel presented the way you, you, you presented him. And I want to give my, my life now. You're responding. You're saying, I want to give my life fully over to Jesus. Amen. I want to celebrate that with you. So please, online, you're watching right there on the page to the right is our connect card. We want to walk you through those next steps. But if you're here, Pastor Gary, myself, our elders are going to be at these doors. Please do not, and I feel this urgency. I'll probably talk more about this later on this this fall. We are living in a time where you cannot delay a decision for Jesus. Hello. You cannot. Please, if you feel Jesus, don't delay. Choose him today. All right? Choose him today. Thank you for listening to Living for Him Podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, subscribe to this podcast, and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.